Good morning, small business owners and entrepreneurs. Do you own a small business? Do you run a small business? How do you know when you're when your business, how do you know when your business crosses the threshold from a small business to a bigger enterprise? And, uh, and, and that matters because the accommodations and protections and benefits of being a small business are then no longer applicable to you. So let's figure out whether or not we're a small business. It's time to roll up our sleeves and get to work. I'm Stephen Krause, and this is Up and to the Right, the podcast where I help small business owners create practical, actionable, and sustainable solutions so that you can create an impact. So in the last, this is, a, this is going to be the last episode of uh, 2020. Um, I've heard 2020 kind of referred to as a dumpster fire. I think I've shared that before. And I got to tell you, before I get into the topic today, um, this week has been the tire fire inside the dumpster fire for me. Um, and I, and I want to talk about this, not as a pity party for Steve. Um, I love being an entrepreneur. I love being a small business owner and I wouldn't trade it for the world, but there are times when it's really, really hard. And in February of this year, I had to lay some people off. That was really tough. These were people I had known a long time. And we talked about that at the time. Um, and this week, uh, it's just been, uh, it's kind of been one thing after another in, in one of my businesses. And, and so, uh, next year, I'm really hoping that I can talk a little bit more about, um, uh, some of this stuff surrounding, I, I run three businesses and I am looking at making some changes in my life. And I want to talk a little bit about that in, um, 2021 as things get more settled, but um, this week, it was just one thing after another, uh, that wasn't working. You know, we had product problems. We had, I had, um, uh, problems communicating with, uh, my team, um, problems communicating with vendors and, and, um, you know, I, I guess I just wanted to, to share that we, um, while we have problems in small business and, and, um, uh, you can feel really lonely. And I talked about that a little bit, a couple of weeks ago. Um, I guess what I really wanted to talk about is the actions that I take and I'm trying to take to keep, um, motivated and keep on top of things. I am driven to do business. I am driven to small business. So it's not like, I'm going to quit over some specific thing, but, um, but that doesn't change the fact that it becomes very stressful. There are, there are very stressful parts of being a small business owner. And I, I think the first thing to do is acknowledge that if you're a small business owner out there, um, and you're listening to this, especially this year, especially at the end of this year, I mean, it's not, it's, it's no surprise to me that pretty much the most difficult week of the year. Okay. The second most difficult week of the year, which has been difficult to begin with is the last week that we're going to be, you know, working we're going into the holidays next week. So, um, I, 
what I wanted to to kind of share is that even though all of that is true and and I I love business, I love small business, I love doing what I do, um, that stress still happens. And what do we do about it? Well, the first thing I think we need to do is acknowledge that it's going to happen, right? There are going to be really tough, tough weeks when you're a small business owner. Um, and it, I, I, guess, I guess the the point there is being okay with simply not being okay. You know, living living in the moment and saying, you know, I feel like crap right now because of what's going on in my business. That doesn't make me a failure. That doesn't make you a failure. It doesn't make, and it doesn't make anyone else wrong. It just means that the situation is a bummer. And the, the, to, for me, the best action to take is, um, first of all, acknowledge the fact that they're, that I don't feel good, you know, that I'm unhappy with the situation or that I'm, I'm feeling sad or hurt or angry or whatever. And those things matter. Um, we don't talk about feelings a lot in business and I'm not going to get into a lot of psychology today, but what I'm talking about is just saying, all right, I feel this way. And then the next step for me is getting to the point of practicality. And that's one of the things that's important to me about Beyond 50%, this podcast, all the content that I generate is that it's practical. And so how do we get to this practical point where we can take the right action for the business? What is that right action? Um, or, and, and maybe right action is a, is a, uh, not the best word because it implies that you should know that. And the reality is we don't know that, right? What we know is the best action we can think of in the moment. And we can do a little bit of research. We can take a little bit of time. And I've talked about this before, but you cannot wait for the best solution to move. Small businesses don't have that bandwidth. So, uh, what I, what I want to just kind of convey today is that first of all, stuff happens. that isn't great. It's going to happen no matter how long you've been in business, how much experience you have, what action you've taken. You can do everything air quotes, right. And still have stuff that doesn't work out. And, um, that's part of what it means to be an entrepreneur and small business owner. And, you know, in, like I said, in this week, that's been specifically and pointedly true in my life. Um, but then you find the thing that you think you can do, the, the action that you believe you can take, and then you move forward. And, and, you know, this week, earlier this week, I consulted a couple people that I, I trust and said, Hey, here are the issues I'm, I'm finding myself in. Um, am I missing something? Is there something in your experience that you can share with me that might help? And, uh, so, you know, lean on, on trusted colleagues, try to find people who are at least sort of objective. Um, I realize that this stuff is super personal, you know? Um, and I, I think a lot of people don't understand how personal small business ownership is, but it really is. And so, I get it. It's really hard to go find a, a perfectly objective partner and say, Hey, um, can you dig into my heart and soul and tell me what I'm, what's broken? Um, that's a really tough ask on, on your part. And then also on the part of, of the other party. So 
I, I understand that, but but we have to find somebody that we believe can be as objective as possible and as truthful with us as possible. And it can be tough. Um, but seek out those people trying to find information that might be helpful um, with the understanding that they might not have an answer and that's okay too. It is. Uh, and, and so then for me, the next thing is simply to say, all right, what is the reality of the situation and what can I do about it? What do I have agency over? Um, and reality is really tough sometimes. And so you really, and we want to, um, you know, we might want to avoid it, uh, but avoiding it won't make it go away and it won't make it, it won't present a better solution two weeks from now if you're already sliding down a slope. Okay, two weeks from now, you're just going to be further down the slope. So uh, then, and, and, you know, finding those things, the, a little bit of peace of mind, finding resources that can help and looking for the best solution you can muster um, doesn't mean that everything's going to be perfect or that it's going to go like you planned. Um, that's not a promise anybody can make for you. As a business owner, that's the risk we take. And that's why we get paid. You know, that's how we earn our money is dealing with the difficult stuff. Um, anybody can run a company when times are good. It's when times are bad and you have to take action that, ta that involves risk and uncertainty. That's where entrepreneurs earn their money. You know, and so 2020, we've been earning our money all year, right? It's been a hard year, but, uh, you know, when times are good and, uh, things are going well, you know, arguably you should be thinking about things that will help you when things are difficult or whatever. And we can talk about that some other time, uh, planning ahead. But, um, you know, like I said, anybody can run a company when things are good or maybe not anybody, but it's much easier and when times are tough, that's when we really earn our keep. So uh, I guess the, at the end of the day, uh, I, I need to get into the topic today, but um, I, I, I don't want to use some kind of platitude, you know, keep your chin up or get back on the horse or anything like that, um, it, because I don't feel like those really get to the heart of what it feels like to be an entrepreneur in trouble or to, to be an entrepreneur who's having a hard time. Um, they, they seem very, you know, uh, it's, it's just kind of scratching the surface, but what I do want to encourage everybody out there it, it, to, um, remember is that first of all, there are resources out there for you. Um, uh, both free and, and, uh, paid of course. Um, and, and lean on those, but lean on the objective ones, the ones who will tell you the truth and try to get the information and then put together the best plan you have and then do whatever it takes for you to get enough peace of mind to move forward. I'm not going to tell you to meditate and you're going to be okay or take a run and you're going to be okay one or both of those things or some other thing is going to get you better enough to act. And that's sometimes that's all we have and that's okay. And I think that's the important thing to remember is that you don't have to have a perfect solution 
and you're not always going to feel great in the moment. Um, and we just have to work through that stuff and you can do it. I just want to, to uh, reiterate that you can do it. So, um, I just wanted to share that because it's been, like I said, it's been a tough week, um, wrapping up the year a little rougher than I was hoping. Um, but you know, we'll get through it. And then, you know, like I said, hopefully next year I'll be able to share a little bit more about my own journey there. Um, so let's talk about, um, what, what is a small business? You know, what, uh, there, there are some numbers out there, less than 500 employees, less than $5 million or two I've heard in revenue. Um, and, and what's important to understand is that if you talk to a friend or a colleague and they say, well, small business is X, um, they're most likely defining it from a perspective that they have. Um, the Small Business Administration has a very long spreadsheet that defines small businesses in, and, and it's, they are defined by, um, industry code and, um, on, and you have to look it up on a table. And so what I'll do here is I'm going to share, um, the website. So this is the website for the small business administration. Let's go back up to the top. Oh, we don't want to go to the top. So I will put a link in the show notes to this exact spot, but here you have the NAICS code uh, in the far left column, and then you have the industry, and then you have the criteria that makes something a small business. And this uh, will help you go through and say, okay, is my business small? Well, you can see in the agricultural column here or the, the agricultural section that we're looking at now, you can see that that is actually, you know, $1 million a year in revenue is the differentiator between a small business and a large business, but there's no criteria for employees. So if you're farming rice, you can have as many people as you want working for you. And as long as you don't cross the $1 million annual revenue boundary, um, you're not going to be considered a small business or a, a large business. Um, switch, uh, let's go down to uh, mining. You can be a small business gold or mining operation. You can have a, uh, as much revenue as you want and up to 1,500 people. Now, I would love to tell you that I have some clue as to how they came up with these categories and these numbers, but they, um, I don't know. Um, but what you, what you need to do is go through and find out where do you fall in the category and you have to go pretty far down for a lot of us. Um, you know, there's a lot of manufacturing first, agriculture, manufacturing, um, eventually, eventually you get down to, um, okay. So you've got fabricated metal and product manufacturing. So there's things there that, um, uh, might be related to, to some people, but, um, you just have to keep going down until you find what, uh, what the category for your specific business, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, and, and a lot of people will end up in down here in, in, uh, wholesale or, or, um, retail, 
there's one here um, for uh, motor vehicles and 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 uh, parts, uh, electronics and appliance stores. So if you're selling electronics but you're not uh, a big box store, you know how large can you be? Well, you can be thirty-five million dollars a year, and you can have as many employees as you want. If you're a shoe store, you can have $30 million and as many employees as you want. Um, and, and so I, we don't need to go through any more examples specifically, but what's really important here is to understand that when you're looking at whether or not you're a small business, you need to get the real data. And the only source to get real data is from the Small Business Administration's website where you can find this information. And I wouldn't even go to a third-party website or somewhere else where they've stored this information or where they're um, sharing it as a database or some other you know, service like that because if a change is made, you know, if it's on the SBA website, then you can count on the change um, or at least that's the closest to you're going to get to knowing for sure that you're getting the, the right data at the right time. So I think that's really important. Um, and you need to understand what is the revenue point that's going to shift you from being a small business to being a large business? Or what is the number of employees that's going to shift you from being a small business to a large business? Um, and and the, the reason we care about that, well, let's, so the whole point of this is why do you under why do you want to know whether or not you're a small business um all of the accommodations and protections and uh exclusions from regulations that apply to small businesses are predicated on the fact that you qualify as a small business according to the law and so if you don't understand what the truth is, what the reality is, if you think that you're, you're if, if you take the example, you heard colloquially in conversation that it takes 500 employees and $5 million to become a large business and you have that in your head, but you never check and you're farming rice, you can be running $3 million a year with 30 employees thinking that you're doing great and all of a sudden, you know, someone comes in and says, you've been a big, a large business for, you know, three years. And all of these rules that you didn't think applied to you actually did apply. And there are consequences to not playing by the rules. So it is really important from a, a compliance standpoint, and we talked about regulatory uh, requirements last week, uh, that you make sure that you're doing the right thing, that you know where you're going to cross that line, where you're going to become a large business versus a small business. The other piece of it is planning because you can say, all right, in, I don't, um, we'll go ahead and get back to the camera here. Whoop. Okay. Um, what did I do? All right. So I think I'm, I'm just camera now. So the, the idea here is if, 
if you understand where those boundaries lie, you can make some decisions about the growth of your business. And, you know, it might be, you might at first think it's antithetical to say, well, I don't want to grow past the point of being a small business, but you need to understand what growing past that point means to your business as an operation. What, what exemptions are you enjoying as a small business that you will lose as a bigger business? Because it can make a big difference in how much it costs to run your operation. I want to be very careful here and um, advocate for um, not uh, staying small so that you do harm. Okay. I'm not talking about, I don't want to be a big business because I don't want to obey environmental laws or I don't want to, you know, uh, other, other things like that. Um, that is not what I'm advocating for. I think if you're a small business, you need to be doing everything you can to be compliant, um, with all of the regulations, um, that are, uh, related to employees and the environment and the community at large, those things are important no matter how big your company is. There is a reality in terms of cost when it comes to some of those things, and I understand that. Um, but when I talk about planning and saying, do I really want to go from one threshold or over that threshold from a small business to a big business, um, I think it's important to understand that because it will impact the cost of doing business. Um, and so you need to think about that. So what do we do? Well, you're going to look at the regulatory environment that you're in and what changes when your business changes. And this has a couple of implications. There are obviously regulatory implications, as we discussed last week, there are a lot of regulations that have provision for small business. That doesn't mean that you don't have to play, but it does mean that, that the government understood at the time that they enacted those laws, that small businesses don't necessarily have the resources of larger businesses or that the, the, um, the impact of the, of the business's operation on that particular, uh, element or, or topic isn't significant enough to warrant control and monitoring or reporting or whatever it is. So those things are all, um, uh, important to keep in mind, uh, as you start going through and planning your business, because once you get to that point, you have to change the way you're doing things, but you have to know what to change. So if you understand the regulatory environment that you live in now and why you're there, why you operate, you know, the way that you do, what HR laws apply to you? Does the ADA apply to you? Does HIPAA apply to you? Does um, OSHA apply to you? And in what way do those apply so that you can go ahead and um, uh, 
change the way that you operate when you hit that threshold. So understanding that's really important because once you say, okay, let's, let's, um, in the case of, um, consulting businesses can have up to, uh, 16 million in revenue before they become large businesses. So, you know, okay, we're, uh, we're not there yet. What do I have to change when beyond 50% gets to the $16 million mark, you know, and, uh, and, and does it matter if I have a certain number of employees, does that change? I need to know what regulations I am bound to as a small business, what threshold will change that and how that changes the impact of those regulations on my business in the first place. For example, we talked before about export control a little bit this last uh, in the last episode, but quite a bit in an episode before that um, with regard to the directed energy business and export control um, still applies to his, to small business in that case, um, you know, and is there a threshold where that level of control would change? I have to understand that as the business owner. And that's what I think is really important here is, is getting to um, the point where you understand really what the threshold is and what benefits being a small business has afforded you. And when you cross that threshold, what does it mean to your business? Now, how they do the threshold is a little, uh, actually gives you a little forgiveness because they average, excuse me, they average the, I think the last three years of revenue. And, and so when you look at, all right, it, it, let's say that, uh, $1 million for my rice farm is the criteria. If I have uh, a $900,000 year, a $1 million year, and a uh, $1.1 million or a, let's say a $1 million, uh, $1,050,000 year, the average for the three years is not going to be a million dollars. It's going to be slightly lower. Um, probably should have made that example a little more generic or a, a little more lower, but you get the point. If you average the three years and you fall under that category or under that threshold, then that's okay. In a growing business, that is going to, you're going to find that that's, you know, obviously trending in the direction where you're going to need to start making accommodations for being a bigger business. Um, my recommendation is always to look at when you get to the point where, um, you're, you know, between 70% or between 60 and 70% of that threshold, look at your growth trajectory and start thinking about what that looks like. Because as small businesses, um, you know, businesses that, that get capital and want to grow really fast, they want to get IPOs and stuff like that. They're going to shoot through that, or they're going to hope to shoot through that threshold so fast that, uh, they might not even ever worry about the benefits of being a small business. Uh, once they get their initial funding round and start going, and start going for uh, mass production. 
um, and they might get out of that threshold so fast because of, because of the number of employees or something like that. But small businesses that are that intend to stay private, um, we might not have a hockey stick kind of trajectory where we're expecting to go, you know, like that. Um, and, and so we may have a little bit more time to review the situation and understand what it means, but we also end up with time to get used to doing business the way we do it, which means that we get used to being a small business and we end up in a place where, oh, we're making uh, 1.5 million and we've been doing that for the last three years and, oh, we're above the threshold for a rice farm. And now we have to do some, we, we may have penalties. We may have some other problems. So, uh, I think the important takeaway today and the practical action is to simply go to the SBA's website. I will put a link in the show notes, go there, identify the NAICS code for your company NAICS code for your company and find out what the small company threshold is for your business. And it's really, really important. I cannot say this enough. Do not assume that whatever you've heard before is accurate because I think there are 1,700 lines in that sheet and every, they're, they're not all different, but there are a lot of differences. It varies from between $750,000 in revenue on the low end to, um, you know, in the millions on the high end and in the employees, it goes from one employee to infinite employees, depending on the business structure. So, or not the business structure, I'm sorry, the business industry. So it is really important to actually dig into your business with your eyes as the owner. Don't assume that the photographer that you know, told you the truth about the size of your business or the, the, uh, the other dentist down the street said, oh, well, dentists aren't a big business until X. Get the information yourself. And it's easy to do. Like I said, I'll put a link in the show notes below. You can look it up your own uh, on your own. And then you can start to plan around the business. You can say, okay, I am, uh, I'm currently a small business. I'm at half the revenue threshold, or I'm at three quarters of the personnel threshold. And then you can build that into your plan. And you can say, okay, my growth rate is about 10% per year or it's 2% per year, or it's 15% per year, whatever it is. What does that look like? And how can I be ready to be obeying the rules as a, as a larger enterprise when I get there? It's really important. Um, the, um, yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's, that's it. I want to keep this simple, practical, actionable. It is very practical and very actionable. All you have to do Link, link in the show notes to the SBA's website, check it out, find out where you are on the, on the scale and in, integrate that information into your business planning so that you can make sure that if you cross that threshold, you are ready. Okay. If this video was helpful or you liked it, please click the like and consider subscribing. It really helps the uh, Google analytics and uh, helps me get the message out to other small business owners who can, who can get value from the, uh, from the information. If you have feedback for me or something else, leave a uh, comment in the, in the, um, or leave a, yeah, leave a comment in the comments. If you're listening on iTunes, please consider um, leaving a review. And 
Um, let's see. You can contact... Uh, the show notes will be at b50p.info forward slash UATTR057. Um, you can contact me at the traditional uh, contacts, beyond50percent.com, uh, go.beyond at b50p.com. Social is pretty much at beyond50percent.com, beyond 50%. Um, with that, I think I now have 20 seconds to tell you I'm going to do this right someday that there's a playlist right here and a subscribe button. And it's time for me to get back to work.